begin the Gemara today on Daphne Gimel Amit Beis towards the bottom of the Yamut. The Gemara here brought a Machlekes, Rabbi Yechinen and Rishlokish, regarding an Ever Menames, one limb that comes from a body that does not have Basakaroi on it. Basakaroi means flesh that it could live if it was attached to a live body. So the Mishnah said that the regular Tumah would not apply in such a case. Regular Tumah means even Tumas Oihel. But the question is whether the Tumah of Mage or Masa, whether you touch it or carry it, does that Tumah apply to this Aver that doesn't have the Basar on it? So Rabbi Yechenin says that it does not, there's no Tumah at all in such a case. And Ishlakish says there still is Tumah. Not the Tumah of Oihel, but the Tumah of Mage or Masa does apply. So the Gemara now will explain in what case they're arguing. Is this arguing, argument regarding this that has no flesh on it? What is the case here? If it has the size of a bone, like a barley, so then my time is the Rabbi Yechene. Why would Rabbi Yechene say that the Tumah of touching it does not apply? This is the rule. Whenever there's an etzem that's the size of a barley, that's the size where the Tumah Smaga applies. So why, why would this be any different? If it's not the size of a bone, like a barley, so my time with the Rishlokish. Why would the Rishlokish say that here the Tumah of Mage does apply? If it's smaller than that size, the rule is that the Tumah of touch does not apply. So the Gemara answers, Rishlokish will tell you, Really the case over here is, we're speaking about a bone that's smaller than the size of a barley, so this must be like a, from a bone that came from a, a body from a baby and it comes from one of the very small joints in the body that it could even be smaller than a body, uh, smaller than a barley that is, but it's a full bone though. The point is it's, it's, a, it's a full joint, a full bone. And nevertheless, we learn from a Pasik that if it's a full bone, even if it's smaller than a barley, and it doesn't have flesh on it, it's still going to cause Tumah. But the, the Tumah of Mag, of touch. Not the Tumah of oil, but the Tumah of touch. And he brings here the source of this, and here the Gemara is going to bring two Braises. One Braise that goes through various details of the Tumah of oil, and another Braise that goes through various details in the Tumah of Mage, where the Tumah of oil does not apply, but only the Tumah of Mag, of touch. And one of them will be a source for what Ishlakish is saying here. Difference between? Oil and Mag. Oil is when it's under the same roof, tent, tent or roof. Right. That's, and then there's a tomb of Magi, which is touch. Ah, okay. Okay. So the Tanya, we learned in Abraise. This is in Parshish Chukas, where it says all the details regarding the Paraduma, when a person has to have the, the waters of the Paraduma sprayed at him. So it says, That's one Pasik. So when it says al pneasada, you touch something which is on the pneasada, on the surface of the field. What is this expression referring to? It doesn't say that you touch the mace itself. It said you touched al pneasada. So from this we learn out al pneasada is a mal al mace. That refers to the fact that the person did not actually touch the mace itself, but he went over the surface of this field where there is a mace and he, he formed a tent over it, a covering over it. That causes tumah. This is the, the tumah of oil. Then the Pasuk there continues and says, Bechalal, Bechalal If you have one limb of a body that was detached, that was slain, and was detached from the body, If it has flesh on it, that it could live, that it could be healthy, and it was slain, it was cut from the body, that also causes Tumah, and even a Tumas Oihel as well. Then the Pasuk says, Cherev, what is it, why is the Pasuk specifying a sword, a metal sword? Because here, from where we learn out, a sword, metal, that touches the mace itself, 
gets the level of Tumah, just like the mace itself. If you touch the Cherev, this metal, this Cherev, it's like touching the mace himself. Then it says, Oy mace. Why is it saying again, Oy mace? This refers to one, one limb that comes from the slain body from the mace. Then it says, This is the amount of a quarter of a calf of bones that causes Toma and even Thomas Oihel as well. Then it concludes in the Pasuk there, it says, What does that mean? This is a caver that's closed, and if a person will touch or, or go over the caver, not, not even without touch, even just make form an oil over the caver, you also become Tomei. Tesis over here says that the Chiddush is that by a caver, even if the person goes over the caver in, the, in a section of the caver where the mace is not actually over the mace himself, but nevertheless the Pasuk says if you're over the caver, so then it will cause Tomei as well. The Gemara brings on this, the Omar, the Master has said, Tomei which is inside the area so now this is referring to a place when you have Tumah inside an area and there's no space of a tefach inside that area. The rule is when you have a, a, a Tumah, a mace that's inside a tent or inside any area, inside a box or whatever it may be, if, he, if inside there's a space of a tefach between the wall and where the mace is or the roof and where the mace is, so then the Tumah gets secluded and stuck inside that area, does not leave from that area. But if the mace is inside an area and there's no space of a tefach, then this rule over here applies. Because for Eilu, the Tumah will break through and it goes all the way up to, to, to the sky. And because for Yeredes, it goes all the way down to the Tahaim in that area. And this is connected to what we just said regarding the caver, that it goes up out of the caver and therefore over the caver, you'll have Tumah there. Tesis actually says that this concept of because for Eilu, because for Yeredes, does not really fit into the Gemara here. Because the Chiddush by the caver is that the Tumah is metamayu even when you're not above the actual mace itself, even on the sides of the kever, where the mace is not there. So that's a little bit different than this halacha of bekaz v'ayla, bekaz v'yeredes. That's what Taisi says. Okay, so all of this is the level of tumah, where there's not only a tumah if you touch or carry, but also the tumah of oil, when you form a, a covering over it. Now, the Gemara the continues, there's another kind of tumah. When it comes to the tume, where you only tummy if you touch or carry, so Omar of Yehuda, or some take out Omar of Yehuda, Tanya, we learned in the so it says there in that same parasha, another Pasik. And there's a continuation over there in the Pasik, it, it enumerates different uh, things. It says afterwards, So here, this part of the Pasik begins with Negeya. So here we're talking about things that are caused tume, not by oil, only by Negeya, by touching it. So when it says in the Pasuk, this is the source of this idea that there's a tumah of etzem, if it's the size of a barley, it causes tumah. Then when it says, this is a, a limb that comes from a living body, a living person. But here, this aver does not have the flesh on it that it could live. This is one bone that came from a mace also that doesn't have enough flesh in it that it could live. What does it mean here when it says bekever? How is this kever different than what it said before? Why is it saying it again? This is speaking about a, a person that was buried before this dibur here, before matan that that will also cause tumah. There are various perushim and rishayim, what, what the chiddush of this is. Why would I think that a yid that was buried from before Matan it shouldn't, shouldn't be Tommy? 
So one pshat that the Rosh or Taisus here says is that this is telling you regarding the kever of a, of a guy. Right? Even regarding a guy that the kever shalifni adibur, that it also causes toma. Another pshat that Taisus says is that no, it's referring to the kever of a yid. But it's saying regarding the kever of a yid, you may think that only a yid that was buried after Matan Teira is causing, causes tumah. Not from before. So it says, no, even a yid that was buried from before Matan Teira is all, also causes uh, tumah. Okay, there's other pshat in me. This is, it's, it's connected to a Gemara in Yevamis that discusses this concept. Okay, so now the Gemara explains where Rishlakish takes his Chiddush from. So now. What does it say here in the Braise? In, in the second Braise that we just learned. Hi, Evim and Ames, when it says here that I learn out that one Aver that comes from a mace and does not have that flesh on it, that it could live. So, Hechidomi, what, what is the case? What is the case that it's saying that it causes the tumor of Nigiyah of touch and not the tumor of oil? If this Ava has the size of a barley, it's the same thing that it already learned out from the previous word, that it has that size. Ella, so it must be the less bay etzem kesayda. It does not have that size like a barley. And nevertheless, the Torah is saying, as long as it's a full aver, it's, even though it's a tiny aver, it's so tiny that it's even smaller than a barley. But if it's a full aver, even if it doesn't have any flesh in it, it'll cause the tum of negia. So here I see like a shlokish chiddush. Rabbi Yechenen will answer to this and say, Loilam de ispe. No, really, this Ava here that we're speaking about does have the size of a barley. Aye, the question was, if so, I already learned out that etzem kisa'ira is metame tumas mage cholane geya be'etzem. Even though the, the context of the Pasuk is speaking about touching, but since I don't need this for touching, what it's teaching me is that not only will it be metame if you touch it, but it will be metame even if you carried it, and you carried it without touching it, Still, it will be metame you as well. That's what it's coming to teach. Okay, the Gemara does not explain from where the Shlokish knows this halacha of masa. There's always three ways of being tame: either oil, maga, and masa. So Rabbi Yechelen says that it has to teach me both maga and masa, but that it should be metame. This etzem kesayre, if it does not, sorry, this this avim and ames rather, this avim and ames that does not have on it a size of a of a sayre. Or it does not have the flesh on it, it's not going to be metame at all, according to Rabbi Yechanan. Okay, going back to the Mishnah. It said in the Mishnah, after all of the, the whole list of cases, where it says that a Nazir has to restart his Naziris over again. So what's, what's the Allah by a Nazir? He has to be metayed himself for seven days. Shlishi, Shvi, you have to spray him the waters of the Pada Duma. Then on the seventh day, he goes to the Mikveh. And then what happens? At night, head of Shemesh, and then the next day, on the eighth day, he brings his karbonus. Okay, so now, in the Lashna lush, that it said before in the Mishnah, a while ago, the Mishnah there says that uh, he doesn't start recounting his Nazidus until he becomes tired. On that, that's what the Gemara is going on. Now, the Shaila was asked, what's Pshat in the Mishnah? When it says in the Mishnah that he only could restart counting his Naziris until he becomes toy, what does that mean? Bashvikoi? Does this refer to the seventh day? Until sundown after the seventh day. So this is the gears that we have here in Argamara. But Taisvis and the Rosh both take out these words Ad of Shemesh. And uh, according to this approach, the Gemara is saying now, Achiyita means on the seventh day itself after he goes to the mikveh without waiting until night. 
Umani Rabbalazihi. And if so, our mission would be following Rabbalaz's opinion. We had this earlier in the Masechta a while ago. The Gemara they learned out from a Pasik. I don't remember now what the Pasik was, but there was a Pasik. It's in that. Uh, huh? Huh? They bring it over here? What's the Pasik? Oh, the Kiddush Roshoi Bayoim Hahu. Right, those words Bayoim Hahu. So uh, Rabbalaza says Bayoim Hahu means on the seventh day. It's extra words saying on that, on seven, even though he didn't bring his carbonus yet. So he's not fully done with uh, completing what he had to do after being Tomei, but still, on the seventh day already, he starts recounting. That's one, one way we can understand our Mishnah. Or maybe Bashminikai, when it says over here in the Mishnah, Achayitar, it means the eighth day. It means until he's fully done, until he's fully tired, which is on the following day. This is like the opinion of the Rabbana. Tashama, so the Gemara says, I'll, I'll prove it to you from the language of the Mishnah itself. Because Medditani says, what does it say in the next Mishnah, which we're about to learn? The next Mishnah gives the list of cases where you don't have to re- start recounting all the days of Yunaziris. A case where a person became Tomei, but he could sort of resume his Naziris where he was holding when he's metayed himself. So in the next Mishnah, the Lashon that it uses is, Maschil umayne miyad. When he's metayed himself, Soon as he becomes tired, he can immediately resume his Naziris. So there it uses this Lashen, Mayne Miyad, Ha Reisha. So from this I understand that in the Reisha, in the, in the Mishnah that we're talking about before, my Achayitar, over here, it doesn't say Miyad, it says Achayitar, uses a different terminology. Until it becomes toy, what does that mean? Achayavi Karbanaisav, it's using the different terminology because it's coming to say that he has to be fully tired, and which means even the, following, the eighth day when he brings his Karbanas. So therefore we can understand that our Mishnah is following the Rabbanan's opinion, the Omri, Nizirus, the Tara, Achmini Lechaila. To start again, your Nizirus of Tara, after you became totally Tomei, that you have to restart all the days of your Nizirus, that's only on the eighth day after you finish bringing all your Karbanas. Okay, so now here in this Mishnah, as I said, it'll list the different cases where a person does become Tomei, but it's not mevatl all its previous days of Naziris, and you don't have to bring the Karbanas for this. You just have to be metari yourself, and you can just continue counting your Naziris where you were holding. It interrupts your Naziris, but you can continue going where you were holding with the days of your Naziris. So if Karbanas Ma'akib is Machlekes? Yeah, before, but again, well, you have to bring the Karbanas, but the question is, that the Gemara was discussing before is, when do you restart counting your Naziris? Yeah. Do you have to wait to the eighth day or only on the seventh day? But here we're talking about cases that you will not have to bring karbanas. Let's see. But if a person became Tomei by going under Schachais, Schachais means you go under the shade of trees. And it's shade of trees in an area where it could be that it was a mace there, could be a mace was not there. That's one pshat in the Gemara. Another pshat over here is that, there's a few pshat in Merishayim. Another pshat Rashi says is, Schachais is not a situation where you know that a mace was buried. You're just not sure exactly under which tree. Rashi says, that when you walk under the shade of trees, that you become Tomei, because the derech of the Gaim or of different people was to bury in a shady area. So whenever you walk under the shade of a tree, it's possible that there's a mace buried there. It's another pshat. Another pshat that it says in the Rishayim is, is, is trees, that even if you know for a fact that, a, that there's a mace buried there, minatayre, you don't have tome, even though seemingly you have a oihel, you have a roof over this mace and you should be tome. But tzachachais are trees where it's not a solid roof. It's very flimsy. You can't, you can't put weight on it and it won't hold. So such a kind of a oil, which is very flimsy, does not cause tome minatayre. So it's only tome mitrabanan. Another example, price. Price is when you have a 
brick that's protruding from a wall and you walked under that brick. So again, you have these various pshatim that I just mentioned, either because it's very flimsy, so it's not the proper oil, or because it's a suffix, whether there's a mace there, or because it's the derech of people, so it's a tumim derabana, same, same kind, kind of concept. Or obeysa pras. Beysa pras is an area where there was a, a caver in that uh, sada, and it was plowed, and this caver that was there was lost. It was removed, but it could be that there's still bones spread around in this place. Mm-hmm. Pras either means that they spread around bones in this area, or pras could also mean cut into different pieces. It could be possible different pieces of a mace left in this area. So it's a tome midrabanon. Menatayre, we were not, uh, there's no tome here, but there's still a tome in this area. And also the Eretz Amim, leaving Eretz Yisrael, entering into Chutz Laaretz, that when you enter into Chutzlaretz, both in the ground of Chutzlaretz and even the airspace of Chutzlaretz, you become Tomei Mitrabanan. And the Geilo is the top of a caver, and the Doifik is the side of a caver, which is also a Tomei Mitrabanan. If you touch that, even if, you don't, even if you're not um, forming an oil over the maze, just by touching it, you become Tomei, but it's only a Tomei Mitrabanan. Or is Dam, also regarding a is Dam, so we learned in the previous Mishnah that by by Nazir specifically, there's Allah Halamashimisinai that the tomb of a Nazir that'll have to restart his Naziris, it has to be a Khatsi Lugdam. So over here, if it was only a Revius of Dam, or the oil, the Raiva Atzamis. If it's a, a Raiva of bones, and some take out the Vav of the Viraiva, the oil Raiva Atzamis. The tomb of Raiva Atzamis, so it's going to be Metamayu only if you touch it. But, not, but over here, we're talking about a person that had this Raiva of bones in the same oil where he is, and not without touch. So again, that's, that's not going to be metama on Nazar fully. The kalim hanoigim b'meis, or you didn't touch the mace directly, you touched kalim that are touching a mace. The Rishayim say that means that the kalim are still touching the mace, not that the kalim was touched by a mace, but you're touching kalim which are presently touching the mace. Ubimei sifroi, ubimei gomroi. Another thing is regarding a metzayda. There's different uh, stages of a person that becomes a Metzayde. Mei Sifre means a Metzayde that's already coming back into the Machna and he's counting his days. He has to count seven days to be Metzayde himself. So here he has these days that he's counting to be Metzayde himself. Or Mei Gomre means those days that he's completed to be a full Metzayde and he's out of the Machna. So those days that he's Tomei as a Metzayde, so it interrupts his Nazirus, but it does not... This tumah of Mitzayre will not cause him to have to restart his Naziris again. So Al-Elu, regarding all of these cases, Ein HaNazir Megaleach, the Nazir will not have to cut his hair and restart his entire Naziris. Regarding the Mitzayre, actually, this Mitzayre does have to cut his hair. A Mitzayre, when he completes his, uh, his Tzaras, he does have to cut his hair, but he doesn't have to cut his hair because of the fact that he was, he was Metame his Naziris. Umaze Beshlishi Ubeshvi, all these cases, he was Tomei, whether a Suffolk Tomei, whether a Tomei with the Rabbanon. So he will have to have the, the water sprayed at him on the third and seventh day to wait seven days. But the Enes Seyser is it, it does not nullify his previous days of Naziris that he kept. He could immediately resume his Naziris. As soon as he's metad himself, he just continues wherever he was holding with his Naziris. And the carbon alloy. Also, he doesn't have to bring any carbon for his Naziris. The MS Amru, in truth, it was said, whenever it uses this expression, it means it's a halacha l'meishim isinai. Yimei azav, a person that said nazir. And during his days of nazirus, he became azav. It's an omission of the body that causes tumah. Or v'hazav, regarding an akeva, the same thing, that she had an omission that causes tumah. Or v'yimei hezgei reishel Or the days of a metzayda, not after he was already 
verified to be a Mitzayr and he was sent out of the Machna, but those days that he was he was locked up because it wasn't yet determined 100% that he's a Mitzayr. There's also a certain level of Tumah then. But Harei Elu Oilenloi. These days, not only... Do, do you, does it not nullify all the days of your Nazirus? It doesn't even interrupt the days of your Nazirus. You can continue counting your days of Nazirus while you're a Zav or while you're in these days of Hezger, when you're locked up as a Mitzayda, when it's not yet 100% determined you're, that you're a Mitzayda. So this is another level. This is a level of Tomeh that doesn't interrupt your Nazirus at all. This is the meaning of Schachais. The tree that's hovering over, that's, that's hanging over the ground. And so a person went over that shade. And price, similar thing, you have the bricks that are protruding from a wall, and go, goes, a person walked under that. So the Rishayim will be clarified that we're talking here about this tree or this uh, brick that's hanging over all in Rishus Especially according to the Pshat that I said before. I'm not sure if this is true according to all Rishayim, but according to the Pshat that I said before, that we're talking here about a situation of Sophic Tumah. So this has to be in Rishus because the rule always is Sophic Tumah in Rishus Hayachid is 100% Tumah, Minatayre. So then that would be a full Tumah. This has to be in Rishus where it's Sophic Tumah, and Rishus the rule is that Minatayre, Sophic Tumah, Rishus is not Tumah. So then this is only a Tumah with Rabbanon. Okay, the next thing it said in the Mishnah was Eretz Ha'amim. That Chachamim wa Geyser, you leave Eretz Yisrael, you enter into Eretz Ha'amim, you become Tomei mit Rabbanon. The Shiloh was asked about the nature of this Tomei. Eretz Ha'amim, a person that enters into Eretz Ha'amim, what's this Tomei? Mishum Avira Gazru Aleh, or Chachamim Geyser, because of the very airspace itself, causes Tomei. Aydilme Mishum Gusha Gazru Aleh. Or Chachamim wa Geyser, because of the Gush, meaning the actual earth itself. That, that is Tomei. The airspace itself is not Tomei. It's the Gush that's Tomei. Okay, so what is the meaning of the Sibaya? So first of all, the, practically what the Sibaya means is, it's possible for a person to enter into Eretz Amen without setting a foot on the ground itself. He's in a box, he's in, a, in, a, in some kind of enclosure, and he's riding, a t- he's on top of a donkey, or he's in a way that he's not touching the Gush of Eretz Amen. The Gemara will later call it Shida Tevo Migdal. He's in Sawyer before. And he's inside some kind of enclosure, and therefore he doesn't touch the good right in the ear. So the question is whether it'll become tummy or not. And a plane as well, correct? Yeah, Bismana If you're in a plane, that would be a similar shaila. That you're in the Aver of Eretz Amim. Exactly. Okay, but now the, the, most Rishayim say the Pshat of the Gemara when it says Mishum Avira or Mishum Gusha, the shaila here is not whether there is tummy in the airspace itself or not. Hmm. Because there's really a Gemara in Shabbos that says that Chacham and Wagaiza are Tomei in the airspace. But what the, the Shail over here is, why are you Tomei and Eretz Amim in the airspace? Is it because Chachamim really were only Geyser Tomei on the Gush, on the ground itself? And the reason for that Gzaida is, so the Shailim here bring a few reasons. Either because Goyim bury in places without either, ever making a caver, and you don't even know that anyone was ever buried there. Mm. Or they say actually another Tysus here says the reason also is because of the mabel, the mabel, all the dead bodies that were just buried wherever it is, and therefore that that itself that the, there's leftovers, remnants from these bodies from the time of the mabel yet that causes tumah on the gush. So really the tumah is based on the fact that it's the ground itself that's a caver that's tumah. Elamai, when you're in the airspace. So because wherever you're walking, you're forming an oil over the 
the ground that has a tum of a caver in it. So therefore, even if you won't touch the, the ground itself, but you're forming an oil over it, so therefore, that's why the aver will be tummy. So it's not the aver in itself that Chacham will geyser the tume. It's the fact that you're forming an oil over the ground. That's actually the, the second way that the Gemara says, Mishum Gusha. When the Gemara says, Mishum Avira Gozerolah, what the Gemara is saying is that the Tome Chachamim Wogeiser has nothing to do with the fact that there's maybe Kvarim in the ground, mm-hmm. but Chachamim Wogeiser on the very airspace itself, that it is a source that causes Tome. And the reason is, Chachamim did not want Eden to leave Eretz Yisrael. Right? We know that if a, that a person lives in Eretz Yisrael, you're not supposed to leave Eretz Yisrael. So since they didn't want people to leave Eretz Yisrael, they were geyser tume on the very airspace itself. Even if you're enclosed in a box and you didn't touch the ground, not only you didn't touch, but you didn't even form any oil over the ground. That's the Gemara Shaila. So the Gemara tries to prove it from Amishnah. Toshema, what did it say in Amishnah regarding this person that goes out? One of the cases was going into Eretz Amim, the Rumaza Bashlishu Bishvi. That you have to spray in them the waters of the Paraduma on the third and seventh day. Now the question is, if you're going to say that this is not at all related to the fact that in the ground there could be a Tumah of Mace. It's just because of the airspace. Chachamim will geyser this brand new concept that the airspace itself causes Tumah because they didn't want you to leave Eretz Yisrael. So Hazal Lamali. Why would you have to spray the waters of the Pada Duma? This is nothing to do with Tumas Mace. The ear itself causes Tumah. So why does the, 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 the halacha of, of spraying from the Pada Duma, which only applies to Tumas Mace, why is that apply over here if it's only in the airspace, which is not related to Tumas Mace? So doesn't that prove to you that the Tumen Eretz Amim is because of the ground, which is because of the mason that could be buried there, and that's why you have to spray the waters of the Pada Duma? So the Gemara says, there's no Rai from a Mishnah. I can still tell you the Tumen Eretz Amim is based on just the airspace itself could cause Tumen not related to Tumas Mace. When it says in our Mishnah that you have to spray the waters of the Paraduma on the third and seventh day, Ashara. There's a whole list in the Mishnah. It's going on the other cases mentioned in the Mishnah. And the Gemara proves this. I'll prove this to you. One of the other cases it said in our Mishnah was, If you touch a vessel that's touching the mace, If you didn't touch the mace himself, you just touched a keli that's touching a mace, do you have to have the waters of the Paraduma sprinkled on you? You don't. And still it said that in the Mishnah. So you must say that when it says that in the Mishnah, it's not going on every single case in the Mishnah. It doesn't refer to the case of Kalim. So it also doesn't refer to this case of uh, entering into Eretz Amim. So there's no raya from our Mishnah to this question.